we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio Network. 2023 it is. 2023 it is. And uh, we didn't have a say, you know. It's coming. It's here. And uh, we didn't get to pick or choose 2023. So here we are, New Year. And uh, one year closer to Mr. Biden becoming a former president, uh, which is reason to celebrate. And um, here we are, 2023, first broadcast, first live broadcast uh, of the program this uh, this year. So good to be with you. You know, the program AFA at the core, Bobby's going on 18 to, 18 to 20 months, I believe. Yeah, July will be its uh, two-year. Two-year. Yeah. yeah. July of, of it's 23 <laughs> it has um and uh so so uh good to be with you folks um this new year and uh we'll jump right into it um speaking of new year by the way we do have before we jump into our scripture we have our uh, marriage family life conference that we have each year each uh, summer our marriage family life conference this year is going to be um in Tupelo Mississippi once again as it has been each time. July 6th through 8th are the dates, so go ahead and mark this down on your calendar. And we're we're, uh, opening registration earlier than usual because we want to give folks plenty of time uh, to put this on their calendar. Um, July 6th through 8th is the date, are the dates. July 6th through the 8th are the dates. It'll be here at the Cadence Bank Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. Early bird registration is open now, the theme is For His Glory Alone, For His Glory Alone. That's our Marriage Family Life 2023 theme. And as I mentioned, uh, early bird registration is open now. So when you when you get to the website, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, that's all together, marriagefamilylife.net, click register now. And then we've got the discount code there on the site, Early Bird 23. Early Bird 23. That's the discount code. But if you key that in, you get 20% off. All right. 20% off, a uh, limited time that Early Bird's going to be available. I think the first uh, 400 uh, tickets or uh, individuals registered is, is our threshold there. Uh, so that'll, that'll, that'll fill up pretty quickly in the next day or two, if not sooner. Uh, so go over to marriagefamilylife.net. Go ahead and register for our uh, conference coming up in July, July 6th through the 8th, and uh, put it on your calendars. Do what you need to do with the family to make arrangements, and uh, we'll see you in July. And uh, that'll be here in Tupelo, Mississippi, the same uh, city as our national headquarters. So you won't want to miss that. If you haven't been, this is the year to come. If you've been, then we hope to see you back in July at our Marriage Family Life Conference. MarriageFamilyLife.net, once again, is that URL. 20% off, 
Um, early bird 23 is that discount code. We have it listed on the site as well. Early bird 23 is the discount code. Um, in our, in our scripture for the week, let's look at Psalm chapter 54, Psalm chapter 54. Oh God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. Oh God, hear my prayer, give ear to the words of my mouth, for strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. This is Psalm chapter 54, once again, a psalm of David. The theme here is the Lord upholds my life. You know, verse 1 says it all, O God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. And so we see uh, David petitioning the Lord to save him, save him by the Lord's name. And there's also scripture um, that talks about how there's power in uh, the name of Jesus. Um, and so that, that scripture, uh, Psalm, is directly in sync um, with, um, with John chapter 14, where it talks about uh, the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's so beautiful to see Scripture that was written hundreds and sometimes a couple thousand years before some of the New Testament writings. That same Scripture is is in sync. It's it's affirmative. It's affirmative. It's um, corroborative or, or it corroborates uh, future writings of God's Word. So it's just so fascinating to see writers of the First Testament or the Old Testament write the same truths about God that are written hundreds, if not a couple thousand years uh, later uh, by some of the apostles and, uh, and other writers in the, um, in the New Testament. So very, very uh, fascinating there. That's Psalm chapter 54. That's our scripture for the week. Uh, moving into some of the stories I want to make sure I get to. Um, Let's see. Okay, so the, the election lawsuit that's going on in uh, Arizona, Carrie Lake, the gubernatorial candidate, is uh, litigating the election over there in Arizona. And uh, as usual, the, the election over there in Arizona was, was relatively sloppy from a legal and from a uh, organization standpoint. And, and unfortunately, folks, this is, this is the story of a lot of our elections, not all. But a lot of our elections around the nation, either at the local level, the state level, or the national level, uh, they're just very unorganized, sloppy, and and questionable. Let me just put it that way. That's a good way to describe it. Very questionable. And it, and and, it, and I know that's that's how it has been for some time. But the question is, um, is that how it it should be, or is that how it has to be? And really, this is the question about a lot of. The issues we face as a society today is we've got to raise the bar of expectation. And this isn't just with our elections. This is with 
almost all the things we deal with as a society here in America, we got to raise the bar of expectation. What are our expectations? This is not, not, not how have things been in the past or how are they today. The question should be, how should they be? How should things be tomorrow? Um, and, and that could be said about our elections. But that, that litigation is ongoing in Arizona. And, you know, you got multiple problems here, but it basically boils down to we're running our elections. And this is assuming this is this is uh, assuming that some of these mistakes are, are or even illegalities are done so unintentionally. Right. But we also know that there are bad actors. Right. That want to utilize loopholes and 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 outdated laws in their favor. All right. To win elections. So. You got a little bit of both here, all right. You've got just just sloppy elections, unorganized elections, people who shouldn't be in positions of power and control, and they are. And then you got bad actors, and so it's a little bit of both. But the the way you can pretty much sum up America's elections in some parts of the country, in some jurisdictions, in some states, counties, etc., is we're, we're running like a we're running like a 1990s computer software, and it's 2023. That's the analogy. Like if you're if you're if you're a computer person or you're into technology, we're running like a Windows ninety something system, and we're in twenty twenty three. I mean, it's time to update America's election system to be modern, to be robust, to be accountable, to be transparent. But that's not where we are today, in large part. Now there are exceptions, and there are certain states who are doing it better than others. But the fact that you've got a couple of things here, just to mention a few, and then we'll move on. I got a clip to go with this. But the fact that in an election in 2022, or now we're in 2023, but an election in, in the 21st century, you've got dead people on the voter rolls. Folks, that should not be acceptable. That should not be acceptable. Like there's got to be a way, and I know there is. This is rhetorical. There's ways to remove people who have since passed away who are no longer living and thus no longer eligible to vote from the voter rolls. All right, so that's just one thing, and that's like blatant. It's in your face. Look, dead people ought not be registered to vote. All right, and then you got people registering at multiple addresses, moving moving out of state and being registered in multiple states, which is maybe not illegal to be registered in multiple states, but it's definitely illegal to vote in multiple states. You just can't do that. And so you can't tell me in 2023, we don't know how to figure out, look, where is this person? What's their primary residence? Where do they want to vote? What state do they want to vote in? Because you can't be registered or rather you can't vote in four states. So pick one. All right, there's got to be some kind of way to resolve that. And then you got, you know, address verification, uh, voter ID problems with identifying, like, is this is this the person they say it is, so on and so forth. But I, I say all that to say with our elections, there's got to be a better way to do it. There's cleaner ways to do things, more efficient ways to do things. Look, we're in 2023. We got driverless cars, and SpaceX is sending satellites to outer space like every week with ease no problem at all 
no malfunctions at all for the most part. So we got to be able to uh, handle our elections, do so efficiently, securely, with transparency, no lingering questions. But Democrats are known for questioning election results. Let's listen to this brief montage of Democrats questioning elections. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Her researchers have repeatedly de- demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tempering. Even hackers with limited prior knowledge, tools, and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling them. It is the individual voting machines that some pose that pose some of the greatest risks. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines. Right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable <laughs> now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, <laughs> where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines, um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. Aging systems also frequently rely on unsupported software like Windows XP and 2000, which may not receive regular security patches and are thus more vulnerable to the latest methods of cyber attack. In a close presidential election, they just need to hack one swing state, or maybe one or two, or maybe just a few <laughs> counties in one swing state. I'm very concerned that you could have a hack that finally went through. <laughs> well, folks, that's wow. uh, that's all Democrats. Every one of them is a Democrat. And then they figured out, hey, we can use that to our advantage. Exactly, Bobby. Folks, I can tell you one thing I came up after listening to that clip with. I came up with after listening to that clip. Folks, let's ditch the computers. All right. There's there the, the computers computers and elections don't go together. Terrible idea. Let's hand count. Let's ditch the machines we can't secure. All right. This is government, folks. It's government. Internet security and elections don't go together. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Genesis 3 records for us the cataclysmic rebellion against God in the Garden of Eden. The entire episode, Eve's entertainment of the sensual lies of the talking snake, the deceptive twisting of God's word, all of it transpired with Adam standing right there. Adam was the one to whom God entrusted his word originally. Adam was the one God charged with cultivating and protecting the garden and his wife. Yet he stood there, silent. Men, let us not repeat Adam's sin of present absence. Stand on God's word and defend your gardens. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Happy New Year! Is your girl ready to turn over a new leaf, perhaps with a Bible reading plan or a resolution? Turning the calendar's last page can bring closure, but with the new calendar comes more challenges than just remembering to write a new date. Did you know that God is unchanging and as faithful as the rising and setting of the sun? The truth is that the same God who brought your girl through last year will see her through each day of this year and beyond. As you anticipate what the next year will bring, consider this. Throughout the Old Testament, a common blessing said, May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness. Pray this with your girl walking into the new year. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Abraham Hamilton III, host of The Hamilton Corner. American Family Association is on the front lines in the culture war in America. We've been here for more than 40 years fighting for the biblical principles our nation was founded upon. And by God's grace, we are making a difference. One significant way you can join us in this battle is through a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. Not only will the charitable gift annuity benefit you, but it will benefit the culture-transforming work of American Family Association. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity helps you, and it allows AFA to impact America for generations to come. Phone 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you back with us on the program. One thing I failed to mention in the first segment, and I usually do it every time, but is to kind of tip off our listeners on what guests we have coming up. And so we got one on with us now. We got an excellent guest on, uh, been, a, been a guest on the program before, and that's Trevor Loudon, uh, a writer, a speaker, columnist, et cetera, et cetera. And he's got a Excellent new book out uh, talking about some of the vulnerabilities um, when it comes to uh, elected officials and Congress and their connections and and whether they uh, are a risk or not as it comes to the as it and, and as it relates to the national security of the U.S. and uh, and and protecting America's constitution, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Trevor, thanks so much for coming on the program. Oh, look, always a pleasure, Walker. Great to see you, sir. Well, uh, Trevor, you wrote this one of your latest books. I know you've written written several, and you've worked on various films. And we've we've uh, actually interviewed you on Enemies Within the Church, and AFA yep. partnered with you guys on that. Um, but but this latest that you're working on, it has to do with U.S. senators and how some of them are compromised from a constitution and a capitalism and America First uh, standpoint. Tell us a little bit about this project. Yeah, well, the two two new books are Security Risk Senators, Parts 1 and Part 2. So it's a two-book set because there's too many for one. 
Um, we profile 30 currently serving US senators um, from everywhere from Arizona all the way to Wisconsin, and we, we reveal their, their actual communist, their Marxist, um, in some cases, Islamist ties, their ties to Iran, their ties to communist China, their ties to um, local communist organizations, um, Marxist groups, etc. What we say, there's about 30 US senators who couldn't pass a background check to drive a school bus in any county in the United States. But there are no background checks in the Senate, in the Senate, none whatsoever. And the, the Chinese and the Iranians and the local communists have used that loophole to massively infiltrate the US Senate, which is why we have things like open borders, which is why we have nuclear deals with Iran, which is why our military is being destroyed, which is why our kids are being indoctrinated because a large number of our senators are working for the other team. Yeah, and, and Trevor, this seems so, it seems so wild. I mean, it's so, it seems so unbelievable. But, folks, we're, we're in America in 2023 and just keep up with what's going on in our nation. And it is not that unbelievable if you keep up with what's going on, Trevor. Give us, give us a, just a brief overview. What, what are some of these ways that politicians and elected officials, and feel free to name names, are compromised from a national security and America first standpoint? Well, put it this way. If you were the president of China, Xi Jinping, and you wanted to destroy America, which he does, would you want to risk a multi-billion dollar shooting war, a trade war, which might rebound on you? Would you risk a multi-trillion dollar shooting war before you were ready? Or would you rather spend a couple of billion dollars buying and compromising U.S. senators to do your dirty work for you. What, what would you rather do? The latter. Exactly. It's, yeah. just, it's a no-brainer. Well, you, you look and say, I'll mention somebody like Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin. You know, that woman is, was, got her job through Democratic Socialists of America, a Marxist group. They basically ran Madison, Wisconsin some years ago, and they leapfrogged her through the ranks into the U.S. Senate, completely Marxist. Now, she is involved with the, um, the uh, a, a, pro, a pro-communist group in, in, uh, in, in Madison that deals with um, El Salvador, that deals with Colombia, the Colombia Support Network. That supports the Colombian Marxist revolutionaries. She's been involved with that for over 30, for nearly 30 years now. And she has been down to Colombia working with these revolutionaries. She brought the Marxist current president of Colombia to this country a few years ago and showed him around the U.S. Congress. But most importantly, the communist revolutionaries in Colombia make their money selling cocaine to American kids. She has worked in the U.S. Congress to try and get U.S. military aid cut off to the Colombian government so that that country would fall to the communists. She is actually aiding narco-terrorists who are selling drugs to American kids. She's on their team. 
Yeah, tr- Trevor. You know? Yeah, Trevor. And this is this is what what really a lot of people are missing. And honestly, the many journalists and media outlets are not covering this from the proper angle because. And this is this is where I get frustrated. There's there's all this talk about TikTok. You know, ooh, we got to ban TikTok. By the way, what does that look like? And should the federal government be banning uh, applications and websites uh, from a national standpoint? I get from a government device standpoint. I get it, but. My my problem with that is it's not that TikTok isn't a problem or TikTok isn't a national security threat, but folks, we think TikTok's a problem. No, 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 no. The pharmaceutical supply chain for American citizens and government officials is largely tied up in China. TikTok isn't the big bad wolf in the room, Trevor, and you probably covered some of this stuff in your book, but we're focusing on a, on a mobile application when we've got various parts of our critical infrastructure and supply chain tied up in communist China. Exactly. And how did that happen? You look at Diane Feinstein from California. That woman has worked with the communists since 1955 when she brought seven Soviet journalists to Stanford University. She is, she had a very deep friendship with the communist mayor of Shanghai, China, a leading uh, who became the leader of China. She is the one who got China into the World Trade Organization. Getting China into the World Trade Organization turned them from a fourth-rate power that couldn't even threaten the Philippines to a number one economic and military power that is aiming to destroy this country. She enabled that. Mm. She had a Chinese spy working in her office for 20 years. When he was discovered, she said, Oh, he was my driver. No, he wasn't. He was your office manager. He was getting Department of Defense documents across his desk. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, exactly, yeah, Trevor. And, and let me and just say, happened. yeah, yeah, nothing yeah, exactly. Happened. You're correct. Same thing with uh, Swalwell, Congressman Swalwell, also from China. Well, from, well the same, the, the, Russ, I've got a picture of Diane Feinstein's com- Chinese spy in a photograph with the Chinese consul in San Francisco with Eric Swalwell's communist spy. But Eric Swalwell is still on the Intelligence Committee, and Diane Feinstein was the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee when all this was discovered and nothing happened. She is a complete security risk, 100% security risk. Yeah, and this is is what, to your point, this is what... Our enemies are doing, and they're doing it with ease. They're not even breaking a sweat, and they're they're using yeah. money to bribe and influence our elected officials to such an extent that it doesn't matter what people campaign on, what they promise voters they're going to do. They go to D.C. and they get some broker or basically a, a, a manager or a puppet handler to work out all the deals with these corrupt uh, uh, countries, communist nations that hate our guts. And it doesn't matter what voters say from your precinct or from your state. They're just going to do whatever these special interest groups uh, say. So so give us a little more uh, uh, about the book. And, uh, and and is there anything that can be done to fix this? I mean, you're exposing this corruption. And what what are some, some systematic things that can be done uh, to to prevent some of this stuff? Well, okay, I'll say this. I say we say there's about 100 members of the House and 30 members of the U.S. Senate who are working for the other team. So these two books talk about the Senate. Well, obviously, we need background checks for committees. We need loyalty oaths 
but this is what I would do if I was the next Conservative president. I would set up a new intelligence agency, a very a small one, very strictly vetted, of old veterans from, from before the Obama era, plus some new guys from special forces, etc. Super patriotic, super vetted. And it would deal with foreign infiltration only. Then that was set up, the president would declare a three-month amnesty on all foreign agents working in the country. Uh, you've got three months to come forward, or you've got three months to leave the country, come forward to the new agency, and spill your guts, tell everything you know, or we're coming after you and we'll prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. About 30 senators would stand down for, for family reasons. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of big tech people would, would stand down. Tens of thousands of Chinese would leave the country. Hundreds of Russian mafia would sell their um, mansions in Miami and go back to <laughs> Moscow. There'd be a massive cleansing, and the American public would finally get to see the massive infiltration of our Senate, our White House, our Congress, our bureaucracy, because this would throw every intelligence agency operating here into complete chaos. They wouldn't know who to trust. They wouldn't know who'd taken the deal. A lot of people wouldn't be prosecuted. They would just the punishment would be between them and God if they came forward and confessed to the American people what they did, they would get amnesty from prosecution. And would just set up a chain reaction that would completely shut down all these foreign networks in the country, completely shut them down. America would be transformed overnight and your vote would start to matter again. Mm. You know, Trevor, that's actually a very robust approach and really not beyond uh, the realm of possibility. I mean, I know Washington's pretty deep in corruption. Uh, The influence campaigns there in the other direction are are very deep and entrenched, but you get the right uh, few people in charge at the top echelons of government. A lot of good things uh, can happen and could be done. But let me say this, Trevor, on, on a, from a, from a, you know, governmental standpoint and looking at these government officials, you know, they, you talk about when you're running a business or you're running a ministry and, and you have some ki- type of convictions and you believe in God and you want to honor God with your life and you want to do things morally appropriate and right and just. You talk about being above reproach and you look in Scripture and that's that's a common theme about being above reproach. And, you know, Paul talks about, yeah, is it legal? Maybe. But should you do it? Probably not. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the Scripture there. But yeah. th- when it comes to our government officials— when it comes to government officials, I'm tired of this like muddied water where they've got they've got they've got stocks over here and then and then the big corporations donate to their campaign and then we're trying to parse it out and try to like make it all make sense. I don't know why our government officials can't just be what I call above reproach and get your hands out of all the 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 business deals that are completely inappropriate. It causes you to be conflicted and, and all this, this, this corruption is honestly what it is. And this influence campaigns, get your hands out of all of that, and just get paid by the U.S. tax day, dollar, get, get paid by the U.S. taxpayers, elected by the voters, and just do your job. Well, wouldn't it be nice if it was like the old days where you didn't actually get paid for serving in Congress? Duly noted. Where you didn't actually get paid. 
But here's another thing that could help. Every bill that's signed, everybody that had input in that bill has to sign their name to it. So every time a Democrat or anybody puts a bill forward, you have to have a list of every single person who had influence on that bill listed publicly. That would shock a lot of people when they find there's Iranian names on there, there's Chinese names on there, there's communist names on there. So, so you're right, but see, what we need is a cleansing because the culture, the culture has got so bad now that treason is the norm. That's what you do. So we have to have a massive cleansing and put things back on a, on a good footing. When the American people get to understand how deep this corruption is and that it's directed from Russia and China and Cuba and Iran, they will be shocked to their core. When they see people that they see on TV every single night, you find out they're working for Iran, they're working for China. People will be shocked. Mm. And this is the cleansing that we need to have to go forward. If we don't have this cleansing, the country's over yeah. because the corruption is so bad. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Hey, Trevor, where can folks uh, order, read your book, and, uh, and read the two-part series about this? Well, they can go to Amazon as normal, but um, if you want to support me go and you want to, the book signed, go to trevorloudon.com. TrevorLoudon.com. Loudon is L-O-U-D-O-N. Um, I've got a whole bunch of Santa's little helpers here um, packing the books for me um, now that they're finished with Christmas. <laughs> but, you know, you know there's, this is TrevorLoudon.com. These two books is 800 pages. Each book has 50 pages of footnotes, photographs all through of people with compromising folks, etc. These books will shock you more than anything you've read on American politics. I can guarantee you that. Absolutely. TrevorLoudon.com. Absolutely. Hey, Trevor, thanks for your work, brother. Keep it up, man, and we'll have you on again. Uh, Look, always a pleasure, Walker. Thank you, and thank you for doing what you do. Absolutely. Trevor Loudon there. You know, I just thought I brought some good stuff to the show. (laughs) That's fascinating stuff, folks fascinating and um, astonishing uh, stuff there on elected officials in the U.S. in the highest levels of government that are completely compromised by our adversaries. Completely compromised by our adversaries. AFA at the core. We'll be back in just a few minutes. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. 
AFA is no longer dependent on Facebook or YouTube to live stream our original programming. As of now, American Family Radio shows like Today's Issues, The Court, Airing the Addisons, and The Hamilton Corner are streaming live on the AFA streaming app. Independent live streaming is the next step as we come out from among them and separate ourselves unto the Lord. Search AFA Streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Preborn celebrates that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Roe has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortions will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions occur. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives continues at an even greater level as they save babies' lives and defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want to shut them down. Preborn's response is dependent on you, the pro-life community. Be a part of rescuing lives and changing hearts for Christ. $28 sponsors one ultrasound and $140 will help to rescue five babies' lives. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or go to preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Did you hear about the man who went with his wife to his 25th high school reunion? There was a woman there who was plastered, and the man kept looking at her. His wife asked, do you know her? Oh, yeah, he replied. I used to date her. In fact, I hear that the day I broke up with her, she started drinking and hasn't been sober since. His wife said, my, 25 years. Isn't that a long time to celebrate? Jesus talked about a party. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, and it's going to go on forever. Talk about a long time to celebrate, and the best part, you're invited. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Hey, share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the show. We are live streaming the video on our streaming platform, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. That's where you can watch the show live and also watch past episodes of the Core with our video platform. Been up just over a year there. Uh, streaming.afa.net. You can create a free account and watch the content there. Streaming.afa.net. Go there and check it out. And, uh, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type in at the core or AFA at the core and subscribe to uh, the program wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, moving on, you know, I'm going to try to stay on this topic because it's just too good to leave. But we had on Trevor Loudon, by the way, last segment, uh, author, speaker, commentator, um, uh, movie, uh, documentary, uh, producer. And, um, he was talking about various U S senators that are compromised from a national security standpoint. Um, and he, he went into a few names and listed why, why they're they're They've got some serious, um, uh, uh, compromising, um, uh, details about their career and their background. But on a, on a similar, on a similar note, as it, as it relates to, to China, you know, I mentioned this 
when I was interviewing Trevor, but there's this, you know, hype about, oh, we got to ban TikTok. And if, if you missed this and you just hadn't been reading the news, but uh, various government officials are talking about banning TikTok, especially from U.S. government devices. But there's also talk about banning it more broadly amongst consumer devices. And, and, and I'm not going to really spend a lot of time on that because I'm not an expert on TikTok and all the national security implications, but it's a Chinese company, all right? And we know there's no such thing as a Chinese private corporation that isn't entangled or at least overseen by the Chinese Communist Party government, all right? Um, so I get that realization, but I guess my instinct when I hear people raving about how bad TikTok is, and I've got a clip on this, that's like the tip of the iceberg, and that's even putting it mildly. Right? To think that TikTok is the problem is to be either extremely uneducated or extremely naive or extremely evil in misleading people. But we have, not only does China own a, a large sum of America's debt, China controls much of our pharmaceutical supply chain. And this goes from raw materials to manufacturing to shipping to the whole the whole process. Much of America's pharmaceutical supply chain is deeply tethered with the Chinese Communist Party. We're talking life-saving drugs here, folks. We're not talking <laughs> your multivitamins, although that's probably manufactured in China, too. We're talking insulin. All right? We're talking statin or, you know, your heart medicine. And the list goes on. Antibiotics. Much of these critical life-saving drugs and pharmaceuticals are manufactured in China by Chinese state run entities, or at least state-managed entities. So you want to talk about being compromised, that is the elephant in the room. And then you go over and, okay, let's talk about technology. Well, look at all the technology that is manufactured in China, and I'm not just talking phones. I'm talking computers, servers, chips, semiconductors. Made in China, some in Taiwan. But what happens if that gets shut down, if China starts to use that as leverage? And you could and then then we, we talk about the energy sector and all of the parts of America's energy grid that originate from China. And I'm not just talking solar panels. Look at, I don't know, transformers. The power energy transformers that power companies use, look up that and read about how many of those, at least the critical components, are manufactured and originate from China. And so if, if my, my point in saying this is if we're really serious about China, which we should be, and we're really serious about combating our adversaries, and, and making ourselves less vulnerable to influence campaigns from countries that hate us, like China, amongst many, then we would be talking about and addressing these things, these very things I've just mentioned, 
And we wouldn't be spending all of our time talking about TikTok. This is a sideshow. I'm telling you it's a sideshow. Because what happens to America if China cuts off TikTok access to America tomorrow? (laughs) We've got a bunch of teenagers and adults that are going to have more time to do something else. But our power is not going to go off. Our servers that run all of American life is not going to go down. We're going to be fine. The farmers are going to be able to harvest. All right, but you cut off our insulin supply. Well, how many government officials use insulin? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's their personal health records. How many influential government officials need other type of medications that come out of China? And that's not even talking about average Americans. And so you get the point here. TikTok's not the problem. I will appreciate this. Representative Claudia Tenney uh, was on Fox News talking about TikTok. And she, this is a New York representative, by the way. She does talk about how TikTok is a national security threat. uh, But that's really the first step in addressing China. Let's listen to this clip uh, two. For more on this is New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, a Republican on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, Thank you so much for talking to us. All right, let's let's just get right to the point. You know, is the White House going to get on board with this decision that Congress has just made to remove TikTok apps from all their devices? Well, they're going to have to because President Biden is signing the omnibus big ugly into law. So that will be the law of the land and they have to comply with it. This is just a first step. Remember, there are several states around the nation who have already done this and taken a step to ban TikTok. And this is because they're using all kinds of technology to, to follow and trace us, biometrics, everything they can see on our phone and where we search everything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Google and other uh, big tech companies also have that power, as, we, as we've learned with the interactions between the FBI and Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk's uh, unfolding of that dramatic issue in terms of corruption in our government. But, you know, we've got to follow these things. And I think it's really important that we keep the Chinese Communist Party in check and keep them, prevent them from continuing to sur- do surveillance at the mass rate that they're doing and influencing not just our children, but our entire society. Yeah, so there, there's problem with, problems with TikTok. There's, there's data that China can get their hands on by having government officials with TikTok on their phone, um, so on and so forth. So it is a problem, but it's not the elephant in the room. That's my point. Uh, but uh, uh, Congress has addressed it and um, shouldn't be on government, federal government devices moving forward. Um, that was Representative Claudia Tenney. But on a separate topic, um, I want to move on to the whole climate change discussion. You know, I, I, I ran and rave on this at least once a week uh, because it's it's consuming much of America's discussion uh, through, you know, the whole Green New Deal, climate change. They used to call it global warming, so on and so forth. But this is basically this war on American energy production. That's what I'm talking about. Um, there was a study released um, that I, I got my – I actually came across this article in, um, uh, in the Wall Street Journal, fascinating article. Um, a gentleman, the author's name is, is, is Born Lumberg. I believe I'm pronouncing this, that right. Born Lumberg, he wrote this article, and this goes back to 2021, so this isn't a new phenomenon. But listen to the, listen to the headline. He, this this columnist and, and, and researcher says we're safer from climate disasters than ever before. We're safer from climate disasters than ever before. And so he, he really delves into this question. And we get this to, just to set up the narrative here. 
if you if you've been paying attention, then you've been hearing the narrative that we're that that, that the world is at more risk of dying or are being uh, affected by a natural event such as you know weather related events i.e. flooding hurricanes tornadoes wildfires etc that the world is it is it an astronomical never before seen risk of being affected by said natural disasters than we've ever been before and then they'll then they'll connect that narrative uh, they'll put the puzzle piece together and they'll say well and this is because of climate change, which is happening because of fossil fuels. So there, there's the puzzle there. They say uh, 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 the world is consuming records amounts of, of fossil fuels and, and, and putting that into the, into the atmosphere. That's causing these natural disasters, even though there's no scientific uh, hard line connection between the two. But they, they jump that. Uh, they put a bridge there, and they don't have to prove how they built the bridge. And then from... From the, the natural disasters, they say, well, then people are being affected. People are dying because of climate change. I mean, look at all the wildfire deaths this year. And then they throw out the bloated numbers in front of you. Well, uh, this guy, Born Lomberg, he actually went out and studied, you know, is this true? Is it true that more people are dying from floods than, I don't know, 50 years ago? <laughs> and it turns out that all what he calls climate-related or natural disasters over the past, he goes back to the 1920s, have been drastically decreasing since the 1920s. Nearly 100 years, he looked back at the data and realized that less and less people are impacted by what they call climate-related disasters then I don't know, 100 years ago or 50 years ago or even a decade ago. So once again, the narrative, and, and by the way, uh, Bobby, I've got the Wall Street Journal article up on the rundown. Uh, we'll put that on the podcast page at AFR.net because I know people are going to want to read about this. But Yeah, I've got both of them up there. Yeah, so so I want to encourage folks to read read into this, and we'll also link directly to this Twitter thread, which is where you can find the most helpful information but he puts the charts and the graphics and the links and the citations up there. But I just wanted to bring this to our audience's attention because if you watch CNN, if you listen to Biden and and Buttigieg and the climate czar, John Kerry, who's been grifting on this topic for decades now, mm. then then you think that, that like tomorrow yep. – uh, we're going to die, Bobby, because it's going to flood outside. The world's over tomorrow. Yeah, because we like to drive gasoline-burning vehicles. That's right. All right? Um, but, that, folks, that's not true. That's factually inaccurate. That's not true. And if we accept that, then the entire Green New Deal climate extremism is debunked for what it is, and that is a flat-out hoax lie, and people are making billions off of it. And meanwhile, not only people are making money off of it and they're grifting, but they're also destroying America in the process. Mm. All right. So this is not just about making a buck because we've had a lot of people over human history make a buck over some kind of fraudulent scheme or product. But here we are and, and people are making billions off of this narrative, off of this quote unquote agenda in the name of saving humanity. But meanwhile, they're destroying America 
from multiple levels. And the primary level is our energy infrastructure. And we saw this over the cold snap. Uh, the TVA, and, and let me let me note and preface that I get it. The, the freeze we had a week or two ago was a, like, they caught it once in a generation event. I mean, every 30, 40 years, a freeze like this happens. So I'm not saying that the weather wasn't, you know, historical, it wasn't crazy, it wasn't, you know, abnormal, because it was. I mean, in Mississippi, it was in the single digits. That hardly ever happens, or at least, at least not often. And uh, so, so I get that. I get that there will be, you know, historical weather patterns that do stretch America's energy grid. But, but folks, it's not helping. It's actually hurting that we are moving to add more demand on America's grid via just a naturally occurring growing economy, more houses being built, more businesses opening. That's a good thing. That's natural. Then you have uh, people adding these electric vehicles to their home electrical system. And you say, well, that's not, you know, that's not a problem. They've been doing that for years and and that's true, but the, the rate in which it's happening now due to government mandates is is, is, is abnormal. And, and America's grid in, in large parts of the country already gets stretched during um, historic weather events such as extreme heat in the summer or like we saw a couple of weeks ago, extreme cold in the winter. Well, if we keep degrading America's grid because we want to go quote-unquote green and we're adding these less efficient forms of energy production, i.e. solar panels and windmills, and replacing and, and totally ditching coal and nuclear and natural gas, over time, folks, blackouts are going to be the norm. Blackouts will be the norm if we continue degrading America's energy production systems, but yet adding more load to those systems. We've got to quit going the solar panel and the quote-unquote green route. We've got to embrace and invest in reliable energy production methods, i.e. fossil fuels, coal, and nuclear. We'll be back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.